This is Welcome Home Radio from the Fresno Association of Realtors on 940 KYNO. Well, good morning and welcome to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host on our Valley's most informative real estate talk show. Sour is being brought to you by the over 4,000 members of the Fresno Association of Realtors. And we have a goal. We want to inform our listeners about the local housing market um, and, and what's happening locally. What's happening in New Jersey may be different than here. So we're going to find this out. And to help us with that today, we have realtor extraordinaire, David Tangipa, nice of Modern you. Broker. Mm -hmm. But you have uh, an interesting other job too. Mm -hmm. And um, you brought your boss along today. <laughs> okay. And that boss would be our county supervisor, Nathan Magzig. Good morning, Nathan. Good morning, Don. It's good to be here with you. All right, great. So um, first of all, Nathan, how, not Nathan, David, how do you juggle the two? Well, it's actually, it's something that when I first met with Supervisor Magsig, after I got done playing football at Fresno State, I, I told him that as a realtor extraordinaire, um, that is something that was a passion project of mine to help break generational poverty with others. And so what, something that I asked him that I still needed to do, but also my dedication to Nathan as his field representative, it just had to be a properly balanced. So that means early mornings to finish up all of my listings and uh, certain things that I wanted to get in order and late nights to take care of those. But during the day, I'm, I'm Nathan's field rep. I'm his, supposed to be his hands and feet is the way I describe it um, with our, our chief of staff, Brett Rush, who's part of our team. Um, and so it's a, it's a lot of balance, but I think I'm in the position to do it. And that dedication is what I wanted to do. Okay. And Nathan, if I could ask you, being a county supervisor, is that a full-time job or uh, what's it supposed to be, I guess, is a good way to ask it. <laughs> you know, uh, it, it's interesting because each elected official kind of uh, finds their own, uh, uh, they spend their, their own amount of time in the, in the job. For me, uh, District 5 in Fresno County is all-consuming. I represent uh, the largest area, 2,800 square miles. I also represent about 225,000 people and uh, both urban and rural areas. I represent all the forests of Fresno County. I have uh, over 50 named lakes. I've got the two major rivers that come through Fresno County, the San Joaquin River and, of course, the Kings River. And so but because of the size of my particular district, all the um, beautiful forests, most of the parks that the county has, um, I spend a considerable, more than full time uh, at what I do. And it's not just a nine to five job, five days a week, every day. Uh, as a matter of fact, this weekend, I will be up uh, in Shaver again. I have some events on Sunday and will most likely be up at Shaver Lake Church again. And uh, uh, again, it for me, it is every day responding to constituents at, uh, in the evening and waking up to concerns that uh, other individuals have, whether it be street sign issues, water issues, or uh, working with one of our county departments. Okay. However, the, the job of a county supervisor is designed to be part-time, if, if I'm correct, and correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, so that it, uh, like many elected officials, it allows you to have a, your boots on the street so that you get experience that way from a, a, a main job, but then you also 
work as a supervisor. Sure. Is and, that and, correct? Yeah, and as you know, I'm a licensed general contractor and spent many years running a construction company, 10 years doing that. And then, of course, uh, being involved with energy programs, working in community action, and always being involved with uh, numerous nonprofit organizations, helping them too. So most elected officials do have other work. It's, it's the, their primary job typically is not being an elected. I spent 16 years in Clovis as a council member as well as the mayor. And again, looking at the pay of, of what like the city of Clovis would pay, um, I was making, I think it was roughly what I was taking home might have been $1,000 a month. So there's no way you're going to be able to raise a family and uh, be able to live uh, in a community on, on that kind of income. So typically, yes. Uh, elected officials have other jobs. But I will say in Fresno County, because of the nature of this work and the flexibility of my schedule, I spend sometimes 80 hours a week uh, working on issues. When the Creek Fire happened in my district, every single day I was um, in the vicinity of where the fire had impacted, reporting out, working with families. And that's simply because uh, my, uh, my constituents needed that at that time. Oh, man. And you were ever present. I, I got to compliment you during the creek fire you were the guy i got the news from so hey, you might want to consider a job in news reporting yeah you know what i i would think about it but i listened to the show that you put on so frequently i could never do as good a job as you so i'll let i'll let the news reporting uh, uh be from you all right well thank you you know that's why you get back on the show quite often <laughs> it's because of compliments like that um Tell us what does, how does it work in the Board of Supervisors? How many are there? Um, how often do you meet? And what do you guys vote on? So uh, I'm going to start uh, a very high level and then, and then boil it back down to the County of Fresno. So nationally, I think we've got about uh, 3,069 counties. Every state has counties and not all states have the same number of counties. Here in California, we have 58 counties. And to put that in perspective, I want to say we've got right around 480 cities in the state of California, 58 counties. And here in Fresno County, we have 15 cities and dozens of unincorporated communities, uh, communities like Shaver Lake, Huntington Lake. Those are not cities. Those are unincorporated um, communities. And uh, communities like Squaw Valley, Dunlap, Miramani, Pinehurst, Hume Lake, these are just areas in my district alone. So uh, what really makes counties unique compared to cities is uh, certain services like Department of Behavioral Health, Department of Public Health, Department of Social Services are specific to county government. Cities will provide uh, typically police and fire services depending on the size of the city. And they also will deal with sewer, water. They've got their own sewer plants, water facilities. But at the county level, we are much more broad and provide. So uh, typically counties will have one entity that manages jails. And in this case, the sheriff's department manages the jails. When cities make a, uh, city police departments make arrests, those individuals go to the county jail. That is a county function to provide funding for that jail. So again, uh, when I try to describe to people, really, what is the role of the county? You're, you have to look at the you know 19 plus different department heads who manage, uh, again, dozens of different functions of county government from the ag commissioner. Every county has an ag commissioner and they do more than just agriculture. Many um, uh, ag commissioners also deal with weights and measures. So whenever you go to the gas station, making sure that when you pump a gallon of gas, that's what actually goes into your vehicle. 
Again, that's a county function. The ag commissioner is responsible for that. Um, the public guardian. So many times things happen in life where, um, you know, the county has to step in and uh, deal with properties where or disputes between family members uh, so that the county plays that function too. The public defender, the district attorney's office, all of these are functions of the county. The board of supervisors sets the budget for all county operations. So while the sheriff, the district attorney, um, and uh, the assessor recorder, the tax collector, all those officials are elected countywide. The Board of Supervisors sets all their budgets. All right. And speaking of budgets, I think um, just a week or two ago it, it passed. That is correct. Um, not that long ago, we did pass the county budget. It was the largest budget we've ever passed. It was $4.8 billion. Uh, part of the reason for its size is a lot of capital projects that we've been uh, working to generate enough revenue for. We continue to roll over those revenues and build those revenues. And this year, I know there's a number of projects we're going to be working on. One of them is the Clovis Library. So Clovis, the city of Clovis has one library, and uh, it is very small compared to the size of our city. The city of Clovis is about 130,000 people. And so for really two decades, the county has been promising the citizens of Clovis a new library. And this year in the budget, there is money available for that. We have land that uh, uh, we're negotiating with the city of Clovis right now. And I hope to have shovels in the ground uh, for a new Clovis library uh, by the end of this year. Where, where is that going to go? So if you're familiar with the city of Clovis, uh, Clovis Avenue and 3rd Street, there is a transit center and senior center where there will be a ribbon cutting for those new buildings, which have just been constructed and all of the furniture and equipment will be in those facilities and it'll be uh, ready to open to the public, I think, in October. So right behind those two buildings is a plot of land. And so the library is going to go right behind those two buildings. So it will be an amazing, almost like civic uh, complex there where, again, transit center, senior center, and then a new library, which will be large enough to kind of accommodate the city of Clovis as it has grown. And I believe that's just north of the Veterans Memorial Building? That is correct. The, right. the Veterans Memorial Building is uh, kind of bounded between 4th and 5th Street off of Veterans Boulevard now, uh, which is just uh, east of Clovis Avenue. So, yes, uh, it is just north of that location. And right off the hiking and biking trail, so you can bike your way to the library. Mm -hmm. That is right. This was some good thinking on your part. <laughs> well, I have to give a lot of credit to county staff, as well as the citizens of Clovis and the Clovis City Council. Uh, the Clovis City Council has been working very close with the county, and it's been a lot of years in the making. But uh, looking forward to having, like I said, shovels on the ground, hopefully the end of this year. What else is, was passed in that budget that we should look forward to? Well, I'll tell you that um, Fresno County has uh, many individuals that do receive social services. And so uh, over a billion dollars of our budget goes through just pass-through funding from the state and federal government to individuals who are receiving assistance um, from state programs. And so uh, also our Department of Behavioral Health, there was additional funding in there. And last year, uh, we were able to open up some new facilities. Butterfly Gardens, which also happens to be located in Clovis, um, is, a, is a facility that provides affordable care for individuals who may also need additional wraparound services from the county. So uh, ARPA dollars were appropriated last year, and, and the county of Fresno is working alongside of 
um, of Habitat for Humanity and other organizations that are building affordable housing. So the county's trying to do what it can to not only build more uh, multifamily units, but also sing single family residential units for individuals that might find themselves in the low or moderate income category. And that's what I want to ask you a, a lot about when we get back from our first commercial break. What, how, what's the county's role in, in providing housing? So stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio, 940 KYNO. And I'm proud to be an American Where at least I know I'm free And I won't forget the man who died Well, welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host. And here in the studio with us, we have Nathan Magzik, our county supervisor from the east side of Fresno County. And we also have David Tongapa, who is a field rep for his office, but also a realtor here in Fresno. Mm -hmm. With uh, Where's your office at? Modern Dave? Broker, right off of 5th Street. All right, so you're inside of uh, your own district. We've inf The realtors have infiltrated uh, Fresno County District 5, and so we're, we're making sure that some common sense policies come mm -hmm. out of there. All right, good deal. <laughs> um, and there's always so much happening in downtown mm -hmm. Clovis. I, I got to hand it to them. They uh, they really keep that place hopping. Yeah, Preston Miller got a he got a good spot right there, um, right in the middle of all of it. So it's not yeah. one of the things that I love. I love being located right there. I'm a resident of Clovis too, so live right there, and it's good to be right down the street. All right, excellent. Well, in the first segment, we talked about um, what things that the county does for its citizens. So let's get into housing being we're a housing show here. Um, what does the county do to provide new housing starts? Uh, and how do you work with the cities? Because I think the cities build, or they don't build the homes, but most of the development is inside of a city rather than the county. So how does that work? So I'll, I'll start with the county. So the county of Fresno, we have uh, a general plan and cities have a general plan as well. And this is a document which takes many, many years to put together and it identifies where growth is to take place in the future. So in the county of Fresno, I can share with you, uh, many of your listeners are familiar with Millerton Newtown. That was a, an area, an identified area near Millerton Lake that was to build up to 2,000 homes, and that was a planning document approved back in the 80s. Right now, there's about 450 homes, including uh, Brighton Crest, that have been built out in that area, and uh, that is an area right now that uh, continues to receive growth. Another area, too, is, an, is a community called Friant Ranch, and right now, uh, the developers of Friant Ranch are working on finalizing two components of their environmental impact documents so they can bring something back to the Board of Supervisors to review, but that's an area that the, the Board of Supervisors back, I think in 2010 or 11, approved growth and development as well. And that is gonna be, that there's gonna be a focus at Friant Ranch if that development comes to fruition, a focus on uh, seniors, because we do need more housing for senior citizens. So right now the County of Fresno is working on updating its general plan and identifying additional areas where growth will take place. Back in 2002, the county entered into uh, new tax sharing agreements with all the 15 cities. And really the county recognized that the best place for growth to take place 
was really within the cities because cities have sewer systems, cities have water systems, and when you build out in the unincorporated area, many times you don't have those sewer or water systems in place, and so it's more difficult to, um, to build housing because you always need some type of centralized plant to treat water, sewer, flows to uh, you know a secondary or tertiary uh, status so that water can be reapplied on landscaping and gotten rid of. But doing that is very expensive. So again, when it comes to where is growth going to take place, I think over the last 25 years, Clovis has absolutely boomed. We've seen Clovis double in size. Right now, the city of Fresno has been focusing on what's called the Southeast Development Area. And uh, that's an area that the city's identified that they've wanted to grow into. And they're still working on some of their environmental documents there as well. And looking at the city of Fresno, there are still a lot of areas where infill can take place too. So the other 13 cities that we have, Sanger, Reedley, of course, Parlier, uh, Kingsburg, all of those communities are run by uh, very competent city councils and mayors. And many of them have their eye on the future as well. Sanger just did a very large annexation of land along Academy. And I expect uh, here in the next few years that we may see some new businesses um, that are going to be uh, happening just south of 180 along Academy because, again, Sanger annexed that whole area in and has plans to create jobs. So a lot of exciting stuff in the future right here in Fresno County. So when you talk about building in, because so, there's, there's already the infrastructure there, but yet we have a couple of examples that uh, the building uh, subdivisions kind of leapfrogged, and that would be like Harlan Ranch. Harlan Ranch is out on Shepherd and 168, and at the time there was nothing around, just orchards, and yet they built way out there. So they had to put in their own infrastructure, I would think. Yep. So with Harlan Ranch, uh, I actually was on the council when when that community was built in Clovis. So there was a an agreement that had to be put into place between the property owners that um, were still rural residential. Um, when they were brought into the city, there was agreements that were put into place. But you're right, sewer and water lines had to be extended out there, and much master planning took place for it. But now, if you drive out to Harlan Ranch, you really don't have a whole lot of gaps between Clovis and what's rural and what's urban. It's all kind of grown together. And I believe that master planning began back in 2003 or four, and uh, it built out over the course of about 10 years from about 2006 uh, to about 2016. There might be uh, some more, a few little pocket areas that can still be built out out there. But Harlan Ranch was an incredible uh, master plan community. Just going from memory, I think that was 466 acres. And uh, it was a, also a joint venture kind of between Leo Wilson and Kevin Castanos at the time and, and maybe uh, one other builder that really developed a very beautiful, walkable community that was connected to city services. And that was the goal that those developers had, was to make sure that uh, they had the services of the city of Clovis and created a community that was interconnected and really balanced uh, work as well as um, play. Yeah, yeah. And they really did a good job because, as you say, as you drive out that way now, there's... The city has filled in. Yep. Uh, there really are no more vacant fields. So, and they formed a very beautiful community where a lot of walking trails, green belts, its own elementary school out there, its own amphitheater. And um, David, being a realtor, he could tell us all the benefits of uh, 
living out there. <laughs> so one thing, I'll, one thing I'll share too before David uh, chimes in. They're also uh, the city of Clovis annexed, or not, I shouldn't say annexed. They haven't annexed it yet, but in the city's sphere of influence is about a, a thousand acre area that is uh, just adjacent to Harlan Ranch, which has been identified for uh, future job growth. And so, again, as as uh, we move forward. Uh, I believe that we'll see lots of new jobs created out uh, in the city of Clovis. We are underserved when it comes to business campuses and shovel-ready sites for, uh, for entrepreneurs, for small businesses, large businesses, but Clovis has always worked very hard to make sure that where they build housing, there also are jobs right there for people who live in the community. Okay. Well, I also know that area because I'm a resident of Harlan Ranch. Oh, are you? So that is my neighborhood. And so actually I do. And, and this is what I want people to think about is that when it comes to city planning and these developments, it doesn't start today. It actually started 40 years ago where it's expansion upon some of those who came before and why it's important, in my opinion, for realtors to really get involved. Some of these areas where developers want to target or cities want to expand and grow, the Board of Supervisors wants to expand and grow Realtors should really give their opinions on, hey, this makes sense from us from a business sense, or it also fits the city's general plan, and we have comments that we want to make. And that is actually a big portion of mine is getting more and more individuals involved, in my personal opinion, more realtors, because I think they have a great understanding of personal and business side of things, being very community uh, involved to really go to some of these meetings. Join us at the Board of Supervisors meetings every other Tuesday um, and come and speak your piece if there's a development project that you want to talk about. Join the Planning Commission. Get involved on a lot of boards and commissions and just put your your thoughts out there because they truly do matter. One of your members, actually, uh, I believe it's Kyle Cheney, uh, is, on, uh, is on one of our boards. So he serves on the Housing Authority Board. And so I always look for opportunities to get a mix of uh, individuals, not only who are involved in real estate, but other sectors, because I love having full engagement. But I want to get controversial just for a a, a short (laughs) second, because something that David (laughs) spoke to is so true. And that is sometimes when you see uh, a city or a county looking to develop a surface water treatment plant or a sewer plant, these things allow for growth to happen. Even though they're not exciting projects, without them, growth can't happen. Also, too, sometimes uh, someone will want to develop a rock quarry where rock can be mined to be used to build streets or also to uh, build foundations. So we have to remember we can't build homes without wood, without concrete. Uh, We can't have cities without sewer plants, without landfills. And so sometimes we need to be prepared to be supportive of those things which help support housing or we can never have housing. Many people ask the question, why is housing so expensive? Well, we're a very litigious state. That's one of the problems we have. Uh, Wages are very high, comparatively speaking, and material costs are high. So if we can do anything to lower material costs, because we live in a county which has tremendous amounts of materials, uh, we're going to be ahead in the long run. All right. How does the cities, let's say the county uh, allows a city to annex uh, an area, a subdivision, what happens to the taxes that are collected there? So um, most of the cities in Fresno County have what's called a tax sharing agreement. So the tax sharing agreement really only applies, uh, sometimes it'll apply to sales taxes, but it really focuses on property taxes. So what happens is there's a split between uh, property taxes 
And a lot of people think that all property taxes come to the county. The county collects them, but most of the property taxes actually go to schools. So at the end of the day, counties of all the property taxes you pay may only see right around 13 to 14 cents on the dollar. Schools will see about 60 cents. Special districts get a chunk of that as well. And so depending on where that city is, what the tax sharing agreement looks like, the county and the city will, again, split that remaining revenue that's left. All right. Well, thank you very much for that. And uh, we are about to go to our next commercial break. Um, Supervisor Magzik does have to leave uh, to uh, make an appointment, but we've got David in here and we're going to talk, we're going to go behind the scenes. So we're going to find out what really happens at Supervisor Magzik's office. All right. Uh, don't tune in, Nathan. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio, 940 KYNO. Welcome home radio. This is Don Scordino, your host. And here in the studio, we have David Tongapa, who is the field rep for Supervisor Magzig's mm -hmm. office, but also a realtor with Modern Broker over in Old Town Clovis. Mm -hmm. um, that should give you an interesting perspective on things and um, give you a little added information, too, as to what goes on. Yeah, well, actually, I started with Warren Fortier. I know a lot of people know Warren Fortier, and a lot of individuals know Steve Flash. And Steve Flash, who's the former FAR president, uh, is one of my mentors as well. Um, and then I, I went over to Modern Broker. One, it's just closer to where I live in the district, and I work with the Savvy Real Estate team, too, with Savannah and Travis Beck. Mm -hmm. um, but, but it does give me an interesting perspective being both on the real estate side and the legislative side. Um, that gives me a little bit of a different view into how a lot of things work. Okay, so let's go into the real estate side. Um, what do you see happening in our market right now? Well, I'll tell you this. I've got uh, quite a few people that I'm working with. And, um, you know, and I've talked to a lot of other realtors when it comes to interest rates and affordability and where things are. I mean, it's a hard market here in the Valley. And what I look at and specifically look is we are 50% off the state of California. I mean, that's the easy way to look at it. We're pretty close to about $800,000 on the state average uh, home price. But in Fresno, we're right around that $400,000. I think, what was it, 378 is where we've seen some of those prices. And so we're 50% off. So people who are looking in other areas, whether it's LA, San Diego, San Francisco, the Bay Area, and with an increase in remote jobs, they're looking at us as an opportunity and the place where we're 50% off instead of my 600 square foot house in Oakland for $700,000, I can go ahead and buy a place in Fresno for about $600,000, get a place north of Shaw or even in Harlan Ranch um, that's 1,400 square feet or all of this. That so They have a different mindset where a lot of the individuals that I work with you know, they have different, they know Fresno a little bit better, they want to be in specific areas that tailoring a a buyer to really fit that mold it's taking a lot more work now than it used to and so um but we have to make these adjustments as the market moves and we still don't have um you know the supply the demand is still there but now interest rates are high um it's it's a it's a tough one to play in yeah but one thing i've seen in my 47 years is even in a tough market they really need buyers and sellers mm -hmm. really need our guidance mm-hmm and I remember in a really, really tough time back in 2008, 2009, 
I would go out on listing appointments and probably three out of four times advise them, why don't you stay? Don't sell. Mm -hmm. And a few years later, they'd call me up and say, it's better now, isn't it? Say, it sure is. Mm -hmm. So it was the right time for them. So they, they're always going to, people are always going to need our service. Well, and that's why I think, Don, everybody loves you. And uh, <laughs> you, you, you tell them the truth. Hey, is right now the time to buy? Or is right now a better position for you and your family to wait and remain? Um, and that's something that, you know, I operate and I look at because we, we are in the service industry and we provide one of the best services. The reason why I got involved in real estate was to pull my friends, my family, myself out of generational poverty through home ownership because it's the easiest way to do it. But I also think with social media and as those things have been pushed out, there's such a huge demand in it. And we are the youngest state in all of the states. I mean, our average age is right around 42 years old, but there's still a lot of people who want to buy a house. And with uh, people living longer, you know, we're not seeing turnover in the market. People don't want to flee just yet. We still have, as a miracle, Prop 13, which protects our property taxes that we need to fight for, um, that it's, it's made this bottleneck. Now there's a bunch of young people um, around the age of 40, from 25 to 40, that want to buy a house because they know to break generational poverty isn't by renting and they're losing their money. And all of that was pushed out on social media, but the supply hasn't kept up. So there's still this huge group that just wants to buy a home. But they have no ability because we need, on, in my opinion, on the legislative side, make it easier to build houses because the easiest way to bring down the demand is to increase the supply. And speaking of Proposition 13, which limits how much a county can charge a, um, a buyer, excuse me, a homeowner for their property mm -hmm. tax, that is a major reason that people stay in yep. California. I had a conversation with a client just the other day, and they're considering moving to Texas or Tennessee um, because of this reason or that reason. He said, but you know, I think the thing that's keeping me here is Proposition 13, because our pro our home pri property taxes are so much lower than other places. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, yeah. I Most hope our legislature does everything they can to protect Prop 13. Well, it's interesting that you say that, because there's actually an adjustment to Prop 13 um, that basically passed two weeks ago, um, when because that Thursday the 14th was the last day of the legislation and I think they're they're hearing hearing a prop 13 adjustment right now which I need to tell people is like prop 13 is the only thing that makes California somewhat affordable on a sense because right now what it did was make all of our uh, property assessments at 1% of the purchase value so if you buy a home for uh, 240,000 or $250,000 your property is going to be assessed as long as it shows right around $2,500. Well, if we change that and we remove that and that this bill came or that proposition came out in 1978, um, if they adjust that to 5%, well, think of 5% on a $250,000 house changes every single qualified buyer's ability to even purchase a home. Yeah. It, and I was saying this a few weeks ago when Assemblyman Patterson was on the show, but I remember as a kid, my parents were so afraid of when that property bill was coming out uh, because they had no idea. Mm -hmm. This is before Prop 13. So they didn't know if they were gonna be paying 2% or 4%. It, it's like whatever the county needed for their budget. Exactly. Um, and 
I remember my mom saying, well, that, you know, with Prop 13 came in, that will keep me in the home and keep me from being priced or taxed out of my home. So the easiest way to make to make it make sense to realtors and buyers, Prop 13 is a fixed rate. That's yeah. what it is. And if we get rid of Prop 13, we've now created adjustable mortgages again, but it's adjustable tax rates. And so if they think about what caused the financial crisis and these subprime mortgages with everybody being on an adjustable rate, that's what happened. And where Prop 13 makes sure that every single county in the entire state, not just Fresno, is fixed at a 1% adjustment rate, and they can only at most adjust from that 1% by 2% of that, of that value. Okay. So now I want to spend a couple of minutes on what goes on behind the scenes at, uh, for a county supervisor. So you as a field rep, what are the other positions there? There's chief of staff. Mm-hmm. What, what else? Yeah, the chief of staff is actually, I would say, that's the, that's the voice in the mouth of uh, Supervisor Magsig and, and our staff that we have here. And the, the way I look at Fresno County, and pe- people really need to realize this, is a county that has 1.1 million people. And not only that, it's over 6,000 square miles. It is larger than four states on the East Coast and has a population larger than North Dakota, South Dakota, Wyoming, Alaska, and all of these areas. So the Board of Supervisors is extremely important, and yet there's only two staff members for these entire individuals for any an area and population that's larger than states in population and in square mileage um so just being behind the scenes we get we field a lot of calls and people just asking questions whether it's about you know they need we're the facilitators it's the easiest way to put it we facilitate to make it to where nathan's out and about whether he's working on the creek fire in the city of clovis helping the library services or if we're working with our other partners both um statewide federal and local um we're making sure that everything's held down and so brett rush is one of the best chief of staffs probably in the nation and he holds down the office and we work together to make sure that we get things done he's the brains of the operation right the the brains and the mouth all right (laughs) (laughs) um so as a field rep how often are you in the office versus how often you're out driving the county yeah well District 5 is a huge area, and so I'm actually out and about quite a bit. Um, I try to come into the office as much as possible, finish the casework that I need to work on. Um, But I also have a mobile laptop to where if I need to be in Shaver Lake or I have to go to Dunlap or if I have to go to Squaw Valley or if I have to go to all of these different areas, Wonder Valley, um, you know, I have that capability to do so because it's something that I love about working for Nathan is that, we, we like to put the servant in public service and to be out and about, and people want to see that. And so I think my connection and was a reason why Nathan hired me was my knowledge in real estate. You know, I think, you know, Steve Flash, if people want to hold that against me or for me, is I'll my mentor. I'll against you. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, it really helped develop to where we can actually add that component of people, government, and bridge the gap. Okay. And I only say that about Steve Flash because I still need to get him back for a a dirty trick he played on me. <laughs> so, oh, I would, I'd love to hear about that. I don't know if we can talk about off, it on air. No, off the air. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but Steve, I'll get you. <laughs> um, with that, we are going to go to our next commercial break, but stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio, 940 KYNO. Well, welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host. In our intro music is Put Me In Coach. 
how fitting, because here we were just talking about David Tongapa, and he's a realtor and a field rep for, um, uh, um, in a, for an elected official. So two jobs there, because you want to be involved. In fact, you've got a third one coming up. You're, you're going to be an elected official on your own or hope to get elected. Um, and so I'm sure we're going to hear more about that. But here in the studio, we also have another guy that wants to be put in the game, and that is Mark Standruff. Uh, um, and you are the voice of the Fresno Grizzlies. You are the mayor's appointed director of Beautify Fresno and a lead actor in the good company players Pirates of Penzance. So I'm going to ask you about all three of those. Okay. Where do you want to start? Grizzlies. I'm a baseball fan. Yep. All right. You're Fresno! <laughs> that my is kids what I hate it when I answer the phone like that. They're just, uh, <laughs> God damn it, please. Do you have to? No calling. My, my oh, daughter does that about me. She goes, Oh, please, Dad, don't embarrass the whole family yeah. on the radio. <laughs> all right. So that's your voice of the Grizzlies. And yes, we've all heard that one. Uh, what's going on with Beautify Fresno? Well, uh, it's uh, been a very active year. Um, we're working on, I think it's our 93rd community cleanup event uh, since the beginning of the year. Uh, and, uh, you know, thousands of volunteers. I'm, I'm constantly, um, constantly pleased at the, the number of people that continually raise their hands to say, I want to be part of making Fresno a cleaner, greener, more beautiful place to live. And uh, so, I mean, every single event we do, we've got either a waiting list or more people show up than actually signed up because we have friends and family bringing coworkers along or bringing the kids or the grandkids to kind of help out. So we're, we're really getting after it. Uh, we're well on our way to last year's goal we had was uh, we're going to do a million pound challenge that the mayor announced in January of 2022. Um, the good news is we reached that million pounds by Memorial Day. The bad news is we reached that goal by Memorial Day. So we had to go and make it at the two million pound challenge, which again, we hit. So 2.1 million pounds. We're already on track to pass that. Uh, and it's just, uh, it's just, it's gratifying to, to see the difference in the community. And, and this is one of the things, I know we've talked about this before because the mayor was big on curb appeal, right? And, and, and how that kind of helps to instill pride in the community. So now we're starting to see that pride come back, that neighbors are, are making sure that once we're in there and we clean the neighborhood, they're going to do their part to try to keep it clean. Right? And, and, and those property owners that have been maybe a little negligent now all of a sudden see that the attitude of the city has changed because the city's saying, now we care, right? Now the status quo is no longer acceptable, and there's going to be accountability there too. So once we have attitude and accountability, now we start to see change. And then hopefully th that number that I talked about, that 2.1 million pounds, that starts to gradually come down because there's fewer and fewer people who are inclined to throw trash around because there's no trash there already. You know, I would think people look at Beautify Fresno as a great way to clean up the streets, mm -hmm. and it makes us feel better about, about the streets and the appearance. Mm -hmm. But here's another thing it does. Those people that are out there, because I've been one of them, mm -hmm. um, 
the, the people that are out there cleaning up, it gives them a, a feeling of pride and it kind of bonds the community a little mm-hmm. closer. Um, I remember meeting some people mm-hmm. out there that I didn't know them before, but that was an opportunity to get to know new people. We have so many of our volunteers who have now gotten to be friends with people that they met at one of our cleanups. And now, in fact, there's a group of about six of them. They come to every single cleanup, and when they're finished, they go out and have lunch together. And so the the here folks afterwards say, I never thought I would ever say this, but I actually had a good time picking up somebody else's garbage. And uh, David, tell us, what does a good, clean neighborhood do when you're bringing a buyer through a a brand new neighborhood to them um what's the difference between a clean neighborhood to them and and one that's not picked up well it's something that i've seen especially with like new aged buyers is that they're excited to be a part of a community that has pride in the community and something that i love about with what mark and the mayor are doing is actually creating communities again and have an engaging with civic engagement where I mean, we've we've lost a lot of that where you don't have pride in your neighborhood anymore. And I think there was a Yale study that was recently done and it even stated that 70 percent of people don't even know their next door neighbor. Mm-hmm. And, and we've got to fix that. And that's where I've, I encourage all of the buyers and the new buyers that I work with to say, hey, when you first move in, go and meet your neighbors, because when you need salt, you shouldn't just show up when you need salt. You know, you shouldn't just show up when, but it also allows you to find people that you maybe you never knew you would engage with. Um, and then if you want to have community events, it's going to take a community and a village to really make the changes that we want to see throughout our community. And it's having that pride. Pride in the Valley is something that I've always talked about with Fresno State. And I think we're mm-hmm. all radio guys here. I'm I'm after Paul Patton Cam on the post game show. Um, but it's where having pride in the valley and pride where you come from and just pride on your own street and if if each individual does their you know one one millionth in fresno county or uh something that coach tedford used to say to us a lot is if you did your one eleventh and you don't worry about anybody else's job and you do yours to the best of your ability things will take care of themselves if everybody did that get involved believe in this civic engagement as a realtor that is seen when you're showing people houses that is seen when people have painted or maybe the business signs are taken care of the roads don't have the potholes because somebody reported it which is what i tell everybody is you can see a pothole and but you need to say something about the pothole because not every public works department out there driving around and so that's why i actually take it as a realtor myself i use either the go fresno app or the fresno county app and i report the pothole because it sends a geotag and they they deliver in about two weeks. That's the average that they're actually showing on both sides, at the city level and at the county level, but it needs to be reported. And it's that civic engagement where it will be seen by individuals and realtors and community members, and we will reap the benefits from everybody being a true one Fresno, a joint Fresno County, all of us working together. It's something that Nathan takes pride on when it comes to helping out other communities where we did a trash pickup in Borough Valley. We did another one in Squaw Valley. We've, we're open to these things because we actually we care and we want to create communities again. So it takes people getting involved to do that. So, Mark Standrup, how does somebody sign up for Beautify Fresno? Man, we make it as easy as possible because you know, there's no equipment, there's no cost, there's no training, there's no skill. It's just uh, you raising your hand saying, I want to be part of this. So you go to beautifyfresno.org. We have cleanup events every single weekend. It's only two hours on a Saturday morning. And all you have to worry about doing is to sign up, show up, and clean up. It's that simple. All right. Excellent. 
Let me ask you now about your third job. You are uh, the prime actor. <laughs> well, I, I'm, I'm one of the lead actors. Let's put it that way. All right. For Good Company Players, which is a mainstay here in the uh, Fresno community, um, tell us about the, what, what's, gonna, what's been playing right now, Pirates of Penzance. Well, we actually opened this weekend. Uh, and uh, Pirates of Penzance, uh, some folks may recognize the title. It's one of the most well-known works from a song and, and playwriting team called Gilbert and Sullivan. And so they wrote the Mikado, they wrote HMS Pinafore. But Pirates of Penzance is probably the most popular one. Uh, great Broadway production about 30 years ago with Kevin Klein and uh, Linda Ronstadt. Uh, and that was turned into a movie. So it's a, it's a musical, a comic opera. Uh, emphasis on the comic, where uh, a young man named Frederick has been an indentured servant with a group of, of very incompetent pirates uh, who can't seem to really do what pirates do because they're kind of tricked into believing that everybody's an orphan. And they're all orphans themselves, so they, if, if somebody says we're orphans, they leave you alone. Frederick now has been with them since he was eight years old, but it's his 21st birthday, so he's decided I, now's the chance. My contract is done, and I'm going to go off on my own. They drop him off on an area of uh, beach that is owned by Major General Stanley. That's the character that I play. And uh, my 12 daughters, don't ask me how I ended up with 12, but... <laughs> Anyway, my 12 daughters happen to be just kind of checking out the new property when Frederick comes in and he falls in love with my youngest daughter, Mabel. Uh, then the pirates come back and uh, just to say one final goodbye to Frederick and they see the, the young ladies and they're going, great, now we can have wives and they're getting ready to take them off you know, away onto their ship. Then I show up and say, oh, not so fast. Uh, and so there's, uh, there's great music in this. Songs that I think people would recognize. My song, which is one of the signatures, is uh, I Am the Very Model of a Modern Major General. And it's a, it's a patter song where I very rapidly use a lot of big words and talk about my resume and what have you. And uh, folks would recognize that. I Am a Pirate King is another one. Uh, um, uh, Come Men Who Sail the Sea, Poor Wandering Ones. When you hear the music, you will go, oh, okay, I know. But there's a lot of laughs. It's a really short, quick show. Like the whole thing is done with, with intermission in about two hours. Uh, there's laughter. There's singing and dancing. There's sword fighting. Uh, and everybody's pretty goofy. So it's a good, it's rated G for golly gosh, we really had a great time. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to remember that one. So uh, is it important to get tickets in advance? I would say because we run for seven weeks and because this show is bound to be very popular and the word of mouth will get out, uh, that they start to get tickets uh, early in the run. Again, it's, it's this weekend through November 5th, uh, 266-9494 or gcplayers.com. But get those tickets because, uh, you know, hopefully we're packing them in uh, All right. in short order. And I'll tell you what, you've sold me on it. I'm, I'm getting tickets. We're going to go. Good. John, I should join you on that one. I'm, I look yeah. forward to You let me know the date, and I'll, I'll join you. I'll the, even let you buy the tickets. And, oh, okay. and, Thanks. And it's a great meal, too. If you get the, the dinner package, if there's a great meal beforehand. Uh, they end up, uh, they always have some drink specials. Like, my wife's already looking forward to the pirate booty. Oh. Uh, well, I think um, I think we can get Steve Flash to buy the tickets for us, and it's, he, uh, it's he a business. Owes me. It's yeah. a business okay. expense, okay. right? <laughs> That's right. Well, I want to thank you guys for coming in today, telling us all about Fres Fresno County, to, all the way to the community events that happen here that make our community a great place to live. So. 
thank you for what you guys do for all of us. And thank you to our listeners for tuning in every Saturday. We'll be back again next week. Thank you very much.